On this episode of How to Actually Change the World, we talk with Dr. Jennifer Ripley. Dr. Ripley is a Rosemary S. Hughes Endowed Chair of Christian Thought in Mental Health Practice and Professor in the Regent University Psychology Department. We discuss her extensive work in psychology, specifically in the area of marriage. Enjoy. Welcome to How to Actually Change the World. My name is Darvin Muentes. And I'm Ray Pearson, Ben. And we are your hosts, and we're excited because we have another great interview for you yes. today. Yes. We are, we've just I been having such a good time, and this topic... topic is very fun. Yes. Uh, it's something relevant for me um, yes. and relevant for all of us. It's but relevant for the both of yes. us. In both, we're both in different stages. Yep. And so it's great for you all because you get to hear whatever stage you're in yeah. and benefit from what we learned today. Yeah, it's exciting. So before we get into that, please like and subscribe or go ahead and hit that notification bell if you're watching on YouTube. That way you can get notified every time we have a podcast drop. So without further ado, our first guest here today is <laughs> Dr. Ripley. Dr. Ripley, please say hi. Hi, everybody. I'm so glad to be here today. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're so glad that you joined us today. Um, please tell us a little bit about what you do here at the university. Sure. I am the co-chair of the Karis Institute, which is an institute that focuses on ministry to marriages and families through churches and Christian ministries um, with a global focus. And I'm also the Hughes co-chair of Christian integration for School of Psychology and Counseling. Mm, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So um, before we get too far into what you do professionally, mm -hmm. let's just do a little get to know you. Like what? Uh, so you're a chair of stuff. So you have a lot of different things that <laughs> so you're she's doing. Super busy. You're a chair in mul <laughs> uh, multiple places. Um, but mm. you probably have a lot of other things that Chairs you do too. Of things, never mm. take a seat. <laughs> I love it. Damn. <laughs> I love it. Just came to me. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I steal that now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your life. Uh, do you have family? I do. I do. I have been married for 29 years to wow. my childhood sweetheart. Wow. And uh, we live here in Virginia Beach, and we have two adult children. One is uh, at university at another university and okay. our younger child is at this university here at Regent University awesome. as a freshman. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's yeah. great. 29 years. 29 That's years together. Success. That is a lot of success mm -hmm. and uh, that is mm -hmm. really cool for our mm -hmm. topic today. We're going to rob you of some knowledge today. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So let's jump right in. I mean like you uh, you talked about marriage and family and that's mm -hmm. you know part of your professional world. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about the work that you do with mm -hmm. marriage and family counseling, with marriage mm -hmm. and family psychology? Mm -hmm. As well as well as a lot of research. You've done a yeah. lot of research to prepare you. Right, Aside right. Aside from day-to-day -day being married 29 years. <laughs> Which is a lot of research. Yes. <laughs> that's different. A, that's a great case study. <laughs> different kind of research. Um, so I love it. So, yes. Yeah, so I... Um, one of the co-creators of an approach to couples counseling called the Hope-Focused Approach to Couples Counseling. It is a Christian integrative approach. It is the most well-researched approach to couples counseling um, that is Christian integrative that exists. And it um, 
We, we actually have a lab here at Regent University, mm. and we have been seeing couples for 17 years mm. over in the wow. classroom building. We've seen over 500 couples, and we have done research on those couples, all of them, from beginning to end. So we capture lots of questions about their relationship when mm-hmm. they start wow. counseling, and then we ask them the same questions at the end of counseling, and then we follow them up six months later. Mm. And we even recently published a study. We followed people two to 10 years later wow. to find out what the effects were. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. of doing the couples counseling with us. And the effects were um, better than average, put it mm-hmm. that way. So they mm-hmm. were good effects um, for people who go through the Hope Focus approach. So that's really one of the things that I do mm-hmm. in training students in that mm-hmm. yeah. approach to counseling. That's mm-hmm. so cool. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, as Christians, we mm-hmm. know that God has us here on this journey of perfecting saints, right? Yeah. And I believe that marriage Almost 13 years in. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I <laughs> think that years. that was probably. I know. It is. It is. Stop. It is. But um, I think yeah. that that probably this mm. this relationship that I have is the one that has changed me and grown me mm-hmm. the absolute most. Mm-hmm. And you will mm-hmm. you will see that it does. Mm-hmm. Um, can you mm-hmm. tell me as a Christian mm-hmm. how am I supposed to view marriage? Great question. So one view of marriage that you're kind of hinting at is marriage as a crucible, as a place for discipleship, really marriage and family life. There is nothing like marriage to get you to be insecure, sinful, just downright mean sometimes. (laughs) Like, you know, you don't think it's going to happen when you're engaged, but you have a moment and things fly out of a mouth Mm -hmm. or behaviors happen that you're like, I cannot believe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that was in me, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so it really is a space for God to grow us and mature us as people because we often interact with our spouse or our children, our family, when we're tired, Absolutely. when the day is done, mm-hmm. you know, and there's just not much self-control left. And yeah. so that's a space where God can really say, okay, you think you've got it. You're doing well at work. Mm-hmm. You're doing well at, um, you know, at church. Mm-hmm. You got your smile on you there. You got that mask mm-hmm. on there. Yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> but then when you're home, you know, <laughs> you know. All right, where where are you? I don't want to scare poor Don. <laughs> I know, I know, oh, all the engaged folks. Oh, oh, no, please, please. Yes, you have to tell this everybody is, you are engaged. Yes, so I, will... I am engaged for everyone who doesn't know. I am very excited to yeah. get married to this be. amazing yes, of woman. Yeah. Um, and actually, everything that you're talking about, I know in the theoretical. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I've heard these these things mm-hmm. before. In the theoretical, and obviously I don't have the experiential to actually like feel mm-hmm. the feelings of you know, the, the arguments, the, the hard times mm-hmm. and, and the stuff. But like I in the theoretical and I this is just kind of my view. Um, whenever I hear about the hard things, I am just brought right back to like Christ is with us in the hard things too. Mm-hmm. Christ mm-hmm. has not left me in the midst of the hard things. Mm-hmm. And he's called me to imitate him in this world. Mm-hmm. And so and when I see marriage and when I hear you talking about it in that in that sense of a crucible, that makes sense mm-hmm. to me, you know, it mm-hmm. makes yeah. sense. And I just haven't felt the, the feelings and I'm going to experience <laughs> those feelings in the future, you know, mm-hmm. uh, right. which that is a little scary at times. But it's something that I desire because I know that my savior desires mm-hmm. for me to mm-hmm. do that. You know, I, mm-hmm. I do feel like during mm-hmm. the time of, of my marriage and you're right, we went through mm-hmm. in the very beginning, you know, mm-hmm. I, I fairy tailed it in. You know, I went 
running through the tulips yeah. into the marriage, and then all of a sudden I was in it, and it was mm-hmm. yeah. it it was not the fairy tale that I thought, right? Right. Um, however, you know, I do want to you know tell you know if my husband happens to listen, certainly I I find him. Every mm. year in another, uh, you know, we go to a deeper place and mm. fall in love with him in a whole nother mm. way. Sure. You know, when the kids came, oh, my goodness, I fell in love with him in a whole nother yeah, way. Watching father. him be a father mm-hmm. and a good father and a good husband and an awesome mm. provider. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. made me say, oh, you know, yeah. I do love this man. And I think he found that in me, too, watching his wife become a mother mm-hmm. and, and and still be a good you know, wife mm-hmm. and, and be a great mother, yeah. have mm-hmm. a great home. And I also work too. Right. And yeah. so I think As that I. he, <laughs> he was able to see mm-hmm. me become something different than the, the person that we saw standing at the, on, at the altar in front of our, our bishop getting married. Right. And yeah. so one thing I would say to you, and it's aside from what our plan was, I felt like during the process, I've had a lot of dying to self. Yeah, that's a great metaphor to really understand that life in a family involves a kind of reciprocity of being able to die to self and to your own needs in the moment for mm-hmm. the sake of others and to trust that God is going to show up. Absolutely. God yeah. is going to give you what you need. Mm-hmm. This is not that you're going to become some kind of, you know, doormat yes. right okay like Some martyr right exactly there's no <laughs> martyr doormats here right? yeah. this is a moment where wisdom You've is met needed me. you know that ain't it <laughs> all right then good <laughs> So, so right, you don't like your whole life cannot be for others. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be reciprocity there. But at the same time, it can't also just be about me. Absolutely. And most of us as humans are kind of bent towards, yeah. well, what do I get out of this? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm falling in love because this person makes me feel so special and important or because this person just makes my life so much better. Mm-hmm. And if we get down to brass tacks, we kind of can see that in ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's a moment of illumination that God can work in our hearts to say, okay, what are you about in this world? Are you about the kingdom of God through your home? Mm -hmm. Or are you about your own kingdom, your own ideas, your own mission and vision of what you think life should be like? Mm -hmm. And that's a very different thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't want to make this into a any marriage counseling type session. I but know. <laughs> I think that this is actually a really, really fun thing mm-hmm. to that I think our, our listeners would really love to hear. So mm-hmm. uh, for someone, and I think we have a varying range of uh, uh, like Experience. stages right mm-hmm. here. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm on the way to my wedding. Mm-hmm. You are 13 years in mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. said 29 years in. Could mm-hmm. you give kind of like your your thoughts in all your experience? Mm-hmm. I mean, you may have worked with varying levels, maybe 10 years in or maybe 25 years in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the different pitfalls that people go into mm-hmm. within their marriages uh, from engagement to kind of mid-marriage to uh, mm-hmm. mid-marriage again. You know, right, right. I think that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, let me hit with the uh, marital emergency is what we call it in the field um, of couple counseling, and that is the birth of the first child. Mm-hmm. So we call this the marital emergency because marital satisfaction rates drop mm-hmm. for not just half, somewhere over seventy percent, wow. particularly of women, wow. but also men. 
um, their marital satisfaction drops at the birth of the first child. Mm -hmm. So essentially in Western cultures especially, Getting married is really fun, right? There's a wedding. Mm-hmm. Typically, Big it's party. a fun. It's stressful, <laughs> but it's super fun, mm-hmm. right? Um, and life changes some, right? As you live together and as you begin to have some decisions and some kinds of things together. But upon the birth of a first child, there's a bit of um, an emergency because there's so much change, mm-hmm. right? A child requires so much energy. Mm-hmm. It requires an enormous amount of time. Mm-hmm. I remember nursing my first child going I'm literally just feeding a child here like four hours of my day is just sitting here feeding a child Mm -hmm. I'm doing nothing else I can't do anything else Mm -hmm. right and whether you bottle or not Mm -hmm. um, you have to just sit there with that child so how how am I going to possibly pull this off right I need your help you know and and looking to the community some for help so couples who do not have a great communication already, mm-hmm. who aren't willing to do a lot of sacrifice, who, mm-hmm. who think, well, we'll have a time, we'll just keep rolling, you know, mm-hmm. they really can hit that that cliff. So yeah. knowing that's going to happen does help people to make adjustments to be ready for sleepless and all of the things mm-hmm. that a new child brings. So that's really the the biggest transition. Second yeah. child, there's a little research that says that second child adds another small marital emergency because mm-hmm. now it's like, how am I going to sleep when I have this child who's awake running around at three years old and this mm-hmm. other child who's... You're, you're mm-hmm. right. It, mm-hmm. you're, that is, it is such a change, you know, to, to mm-hmm. first marry and have, have you change who you are because right. you become this union. Right. And then now to have become one mm-hmm. and now there's the one that shows up that says hey I'm the most important thing in your life that's right <laughs> you're like that's oh right. my god and you're both running around like yeah you know and, and then you you don't want to forget each other too you yeah. don't right. ever want to forget right. each other that's your your best mm-hmm. teammate that's you know? right that's right so that's the the biggest marital emergency but if you can build a teammate thing before if that's possible mm-hmm. that really does help yeah um and this is done in just very small ways so i have a, a great little story my husband and i were both students at VCU when we started out we were young mm-hmm. we had one car we were super poor both <laughs> students we had we nothing we were living on love we were living on love and loans <laughs> you know so we were students and we had one car we had to go into campus together and whoever had the last thing of the day we go home so we had to drive wow. commute together right because it was a mm-hmm. single car so what we didn't realize was on that drive every day, it was, well, what are you doing today? Oh, how you have a test? Oh, you going to work? Oh, okay. you know, you check in on all the little mm-hmm. daily, uh, the, the world that your spouse is living in, right? Mm-hmm. And he would check in on me and we do that on the way there. And then we do that on the way back, that 10, 15 minute commute. Well, when we finished mm-hmm. uh, school and we had two cars um it was like living wow. in the lap of luxury <laughs> you know my parents gave us a car we thought that it. was the best thing um and so um we all of a sudden went I, who are you where mm-hmm. are you you know and these little moments of connection are really what matters and yeah. so we had to have a new theme we'd always done friday night date night we still do friday night date night um but we had to have a little five minute date you know instead of in the car it had to be over breakfast or in the evening mm-hmm. but something like what are you doing today what's your world like what are the details of your life yep. and this is so important just for everyday life yeah. um 
for That's a couple. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You're still yeah. doing date night in, in 29 do, years. We do. Tonight, I'm, well, we might go see my nieces, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> sounds like date yeah. night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is. Yeah. We, I love that. We do love them. And yeah. I think that's encouraging to <laughs> me. Actually, Liana mm. and I just, we recently. Um, she got we, a shout out. We haven't, we yeah. haven't combined yeah. our finances because yeah. we're going to do that when we're married. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we have been doing it in the theoretical. So we just made a budget right. uh, last night and mm-hmm. we like looked into things. And while we, when we finished it, I realized we don't have a date night on here. Why don't we have a date night on here? Let's get a date mm-hmm. night on here. Let's make wow, that Darvin. happen right away. And mm-hmm. so we put a date night on there every week. And, Good for you. you know, yes. like, um, so that's very encouraging. I'm like, impressed. Things yeah. like that to to be doing. So, yeah, yeah we're, and, and we're really excited. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just fun. It's just going to dinner. It's going for a walk. It's, yep. you know, biking, whatever you like to do. It doesn't really matter. It's just connection with each other yep. and remembering why you're together yep. as a couple. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've been loving this conversation as much as we have, please like and subscribe. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Did you know Regent is America's premier Christian university? In 2021, we received seven distinctive number one accolades. Number one online Christian college in America. Number one best online college in Virginia. Number one safest college campus in Virginia. Number one most affordable private college in Virginia. Number one online bachelors in Virginia. Number one best value college in Virginia. Number one, theological and ministerial online doctoral degree. Learn more about Regent University at www.regent.edu. Well, welcome back. Uh, We were having a really fun time talking about marriage and different pitfalls that happen in marriage and things that you can prepare for. Uh, And it's just been really fun so far. I I don't know about you guys. I've just been enjoying myself. (laughs) Yes, it's been so fun. Um, So let's talk about uh, some misconceptions. Mm -hmm. I um, actually, when we were prepping for this show, I sent you a couple questions and One of the questions I sent was, why do Christian marriages have worse divorce rates than secular marriages? Mm -hmm. Which you very graciously pointed out, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was news to me because I think in, you know, in popular Christian culture, we hear a lot Mm -hmm. that Christian marriages have worse divorce rates, Mm -hmm. uh, that they're doing worse than secular marriages. Uh, And so I just kind of picked it up and then believed it and then now you brought this up, so please go go into it for us. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm glad to. First of all, a lot of those kinds of surveys are very basic. They will just ask people, what religion are you? And so when you ask someone just that level of question, mm-hmm. you really don't get much information. Mm-hmm. There are many, many people, particularly in the United States, that would say, I guess, sure, I think I'm Christian. Mm-hmm. And not practicing. Not yeah. practicing anything, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a part of their life. It doesn't shape, particularly doesn't shape their marriage, their sexuality, their, you know, the, that whole family life, parenting, that part of their life where it would have an impact. So, of course, it doesn't differentiate. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's just a big glob, essentially. So that question doesn't help. Mm-hmm. But when you start asking some different questions, so one question people have asked is how often people attend religious services. Now, there's nothing magical about religious services, but it's a quick indicator of how much they are inculcating mm-hmm. the faith okay. into their life, okay. right? Because mm-hmm. if you're not, you're not going to church ever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But um, if you're going to church regularly, you 
probably are trying mm-hmm. to have that inculcation of faith in your family. And the rates then drop. I mean, if the national average, and it's very difficult to tell, but somewhere around 40 to 50 percent right now, um, it drops down to somewhere between 6 and 15 percent wow. of people who mm. attend church regularly together. Wow. that divorce rate. So it's way down. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's really interesting is a whole backstory about how people get married. Mm-hmm. So Scott Stanley is a researcher at University of Denver, really excellent top-notch researcher. And he started something in his research called the slide versus the decide. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. So when entering marriage, one pathway that American couples tend to end up in marriage is called the slide. This is something like, I like you, you like me. Uh, well, we're sleeping over at each other's house so often anyway. Why don't we just go ahead and like share expenses and move in? And mm-hmm. oh, oops, we had we're pregnant. Oh, I guess we could have this baby. And then you know, Grandma really wants us to get married, so we probably oh, should. Okay, you know, okay. That's the slut. Nobody ever stopped to think: Are we good for each other? Mm-hmm. Do we want the same things in life? Mm-hmm. Are we at a maturity level that we are ready to get married? Like yeah. none of that happened. It just kind of slid in, Mm -hmm. right? That's Mm -hmm. the slide. Mm -hmm. The deciders are stopping to think, hey, we're dating. Are you good for me? Am I good for you? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, Can we see a lifetime of love? Do we want the same kind of family life Mm -hmm. Um, and the same kind of mission, right? Mm -hmm. Same values. And so they'll make that decision along the way, hopefully with input from friends and family saying, yes, we also think this person's good for you too. Mm-hmm. And then they make a decision, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then typically in Christian Christendom, it's called a wedding, right? It's a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they move in together, right? Um, but to be honest about the research, however, uh, the research says if people get engaged and then move in together, which of course is not Christian teaching, but that the outcomes for that group it's about making decisions, right, mm-hmm. together, intentional decisions. Yeah. They do better. So the sliders versus the deciders. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why you get such disparity um, between mm-hmm. these types of couples mm-hmm. and their long-term future. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the predictor. It's not, mm-hmm. cr- you know, Christianity per se. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's how they inculcate that into the decisions they make in their life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so it's about their, their actual, like, life as a Christian? Are they actually a Christian person or Mm -hmm. do they have this, you know, this is just another label that they've thrown on on themselves? Exactly. Or is that a hobby, basically? Yeah. 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 You (laughs) mentioned something earlier in Mm -hmm. our um, our first half about uh, marriage Mm -hmm. satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, you know, they say that the divorce rate has has risen to what it is now mm-hmm. right and and leading us to believe of course you know marriage is has just declined um, so rapidly mm-hmm. as years have gone by however I'm looking at it saying hmm were people just in marriages maybe back in the day mm-hmm. with a lot of marriage marriage dissatisfaction but still married Yeah, I think that's some of it. So somewhere in the middle of the last century, the reason for marrying changed, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So if we had talked to our grandmas and grandpas 150 years ago, Mm -hmm. right, the reason for marrying was I need somebody to run the farm. 
we are, you know, fourth cousins or something, you know, Ooh. like we're okay, like distant enough that it's not icky. Okay. Like, or whatever. Our parents still are friends. Feels, still no feels web a little too icky. Okay. It feels a little icky, but that's all right. All right. <laughs> they did do that. Yes. yes. You made yeah. the point. Right. right. Or our parents it. are friends and have right. been for three, three because generations. Because your village was smaller. Because yeah. your village was smaller. And the village would have a pretty common sense of values, ideas, mm-hmm. and people would really know each other. They would know, mm-hmm. you know, that boy, he's a drinker and a little wild. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want him to marry my daughter, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the, similarly the other way. So so that was kind of the world that people married in. So they had some things going for them. For one, they really knew each other okay. um, because they lived in small communities. Mm-hmm. And they also had a common sense of values, probably. Typically, they would have like one church in the little town, right? Or mm-hmm. the, that kind of thing. Um, so, but that doesn't mean they were satisfied. But they might not have thought that satisfaction was important. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. They okay. might not have made the jump from, I'm dissatisfied this isn't right, they would have just said, I'm dissatisfied, I guess this is life. Mm-hmm. Life was hard, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know. You're right. Women died in childbirth, like, yes. all the time, things yeah. like that. Hard life. So so now, since the 1960s, particularly, um, if it's about, I, I need to feel loved and satisfied, and if I don't feel loved and satisfied, then the world is not a good place. Like, this isn't a good relationship. I think we as Christians have a real challenge there because love is the goal, right? Mm-hmm. That is the end goal of marriage and, and family life, parenting, all of it, mm-hmm. is love. To be characterized by it, um, that's sometimes sacrificial, mm-hmm. but it also should be mutual. Mm-hmm. Um, and there should be a sense of fairness. There shouldn't be injustice right. in a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are important factors to all play out in a complex way. Um, but at the same time, there's really interesting research. If you catch people who are dissatisfied in their marriage um, at a pretty low level and you do nothing to them even. Uh, marriage counseling helps better, make things better. But if you do nothing and you catch them again two years later, they'll probably be satisfied. Yep. Mm. The vast majority. Yeah. Mm. So it's an interesting thing. There's just a wave of satisfaction mm-hmm. and dissatisfaction yeah. that is normative mm-hmm. in family life. And you yeah. think of that with your siblings, with your parents. Like in all relationships, yep. there's I agree. times yeah. when you're just done with mm-hmm. them. And mm-hmm. then, then you get back on track. Even self. Yeah. Even your Even relationship yourself. with yourself. That's right. It's just like, you know. Yeah. And so I, I do think mm-hmm. it's a growth. It's a, it's a sometimes you hit those growth spurts. That's right. And some growth spurts lead to yeah. growing pains. Yeah. Yes. And so yeah. it it's very interesting and it does bring mm-hmm. me back to again, I think it does that relationship that God ordained of mm-hmm. marriage really was put in place certainly to populate and, and to build more for the kingdom, but right. to grow you because yeah. it's required in order to keep the relationship healthy yeah. that I have to grow in who I am beyond mm-hmm. myself. That's right. Beyond yeah. myself and now see my mate. And he needs mm-hmm. to see me. That's you right. You know, and 
And I, I think it's so beautiful how God takes you through all these changes at the stage of engagement, at the stage of 13 years in, mm-hmm. at the stage of 29 years in, mm-hmm. and the people who are celebrating our 50 and 60th anniversary. That's right. yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's it's so beautiful that you can interview those people and they have stories to tell where they yeah. got into an argument on the way. And it's right. so right. Yeah. And you're right. like, That's you right. guys argue? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> of course we do. Yeah. There's actually really interesting research on uh, perpetual problems, right? All couples mm. have perpetual problems. I'll tell on my grandparents who were married for 60 years, mm-hmm. um, and my grandmother still living. Wow. Um, and uh, But he was an introvert. His good idea was to watch basketball and garden, right? And she was an extrovert. <laughs> she wanted to go play bridge with her friends in the 1950s. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, that was her idea it. of a good time, right? And she was just like, he never wants to do anything, you know? And, and he just kind of rolled his eyes. That was just a perpetual problem, right? Like, how much they wanted to have yep. people in their home and go out with others. And so there's an interesting way that we as Christians have to address that problem. You could see that problem as a sin, basically, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, you're being selfish that you know I don't like to go out with your friends or you know that Mm -hmm. I like to, I don't like to stay in by myself Mm -hmm. all the time, right? And you, you know, you can get complaining, critical, defensive, even contemptuous, like there's something terribly wrong with you that you just like to garden, you know, and there's, you're a horrible person. Um, and people don't go down that path. But the, the calling of Christ, I think, for this is one of the, the, the aspects of couples work that I do is, is grace. Right. It's to see. And and this isn't just the differences. It's funny about the introversion, extroversion thing. But sometimes it's really difficult things. Chronic health problems, Mm -hmm. um, chronic depression um, or or character traits, you know, being very insecure about things and being able to have grace about that part of your partner to protect it, um, to love that part of your partner, even though it causes pain to you sometimes, but to love it the same way we will love a part of ourselves that is insecure Mm -hmm. or peevish or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, that we're going with and we'll we'll be understanding and we'll be careful with that. Right. And try Mm -hmm. to try to help it. Um, So we can either be critical and attacking on our partner's weaknesses or we can protect and be gracious. And that's important. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's that. I mean, that points right back to Jesus. What what does he do when he goes on the cross? He's taking pain after pain after pain. Of right. the people who he loves, mm-hmm. and he's doing it willingly. He's mm-hmm. taking that pain. Not even here them. yet. Yeah, yeah, you know, those like, that are not yeah, even not, here not born yet. yet. Yeah, yes. yeah. and yeah. that that's yeah. so beautiful. And mm-hmm. I think that leads us right into my uh, another question that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you give us a biblical definition of marriage? Sure. Um, I use the biblical definition of covenant marriage, and so covenant marriage assumes a few things. It assumes that. The we, right, the relationship is more important than the individuals within Mm -hmm. it. Um, It assumes that uh, 
vows and commitments will be kept, even mm-hmm. if they're difficult to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. a covenant marriage. It assumes that I will be for the good of you, right? Mm-hmm. And I will look mm-hmm. out for the good of you in the details of the home, in the details of raising children, in sexual life, and all of those aspects of life, that I will be for your good and you will be for my good, mm-hmm. um, and that we will trust that in each other. Yeah. Um, and so that's a covenant marriage. There's a there's a strong biblical kind of basis for that. Yeah. Uh, things like Hosea and Gomer, mm-hmm. uh, the, the stories of of what biblical marriage is about. So I, I don't want to make marriage an idol, right? Because mm-hmm. right. singleness yeah. is a good thing, yep. and yep. being covenanted to Jesus, you yeah. know, Absolutely. and you alone is a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but when people are called into marriage, um, mm-hmm. that that covenant, and that's why when people violate that covenant, right? And the marriage counseling mm-hmm. that I do, sometimes it's been violated in different ways. It's so painful and it's yeah. so even mm-hmm. traumatic to mm-hmm. people yeah. because there's these assumptions about what life is all about and this yeah. covenant that's broken. I, I yeah. think that that you segued way perfectly because mm-hmm. I do want to ask you when it's marriage counseling necessary. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, every day, all day. <laughs> no. um, yeah, marriage, counseling. marriage counseling has no side effects. There's no dry mouth. There's no. Okay. Um, but really, so my recommendation to people is maintain your marriage through things like date nights and the quick daily check-ins. Um, maintain your marriage by doing things like marriage retreats and mm-hmm. marriage classes that your church might have, that sort of thing. That just keeps you with education and, you know, that you don't ignore the marriage. So yeah. trying to keep it healthy that mm-hmm. way. And then marriage counseling is good when you see a pattern and you've tried Right. You've read a book, maybe you've talked to a mentor, Mm -hmm. maybe at your church or in your family. And you said, hey, we have this pattern. It's I'm trying. What do you think I should do? You try to follow their advice. That's not working. You know, marriage counseling offers something unique. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. To get the two of you in the room together, Mm -hmm. this objective person who says, let me try to teach you how to argue, how to communicate more deeply, how to share and take risks and have courage to share the things that you're kind of holding back from mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. um, and move to a place where you are able to forgive each other. Mm-hmm. A lot of my work is forgiveness work and um, come out the other side with a transformation yeah. of the relationship. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah man. This has been such a fun conversation, and I don't want it to end. Uh, I think that we could we could dive into a lot more things. Um, but I wanted to dive into this last question. This mm-hmm. is a question that we ask of everyone, and we might have to have you back on on the show later yes. on to to talk more about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but this question is it's related to our show, our motto: mm-hmm. uh, Christian leadership to change the world. It's our namesake of our podcast. Mm-hmm. How does one actually change the world? From your perspective and the work that you've done, how does one person do that? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think it can be done on a small level, right? So I think of like the marriage counseling that I do or the students that I supervise and they're learning to become couples counselors. Um, that's done on a small level, right? So it's really in-depth with one or two people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important not to underestimate that. Um, a lot of people want grand things mm-hmm. with 10,000 mm-hmm. followers or something. And yeah. really in-depth 
I just want to emphasize how important that is. Um, but I also think getting becoming excellent in your field, it's one of the things at Regent that I have always appreciated so much is this striving for excellence. We're not going to go halfway. We're really going to train students to be excellent at what they yep. do. So when they go out there, they're like, oh, you really know what to do with mm-hmm. couples work. You really know how to handle that couple who fights about their religion. Mm-hmm. And my alumni that I've trained, they are the go-to person in their community for those kinds of questions because other people are like, I don't know what to do with them, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to be that influence, right, mm-hmm. because of the excellent work. And then sometimes God calls you to a larger scale, right? So mm-hmm. um, I'm headed to the American Psychological Association convention here, and they have this annually, and this is a mission field for me. It's mm-hmm. a very secular field in psychology. And so there's uh, presentations with students there, and particularly looking at some things like church response to women who've been sexually abused this year Mm. in the past presenting the hope focus approach to counseling there but it's a a chance to uh, influence the field and i think that a graduate degree particularly but a bachelor's degree does as well gives you a chance to actually influence your field of work Mm -hmm. that you're in beyond your local community yeah wow (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us mm-hmm. today. This has been so fun. And yeah, we might have to have you back on for mm-hmm. another one. And uh, I vote yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you liked that and if you are a budding student, someone who is just graduating high school, you already have a bachelor's degree and you want to come get your master's degree or you already have that and you want to come get your Ph.D., We have those here at Regent Mm -hmm. University in psychology. We have so many great things. And you just heard from a brilliant, brilliant person in Mm -hmm. that field. Uh, And so thank you for listening. And we hope that you would consider coming to Regent. Um, Now, if you've been listening for a while now or if you're just tuning in, Uh, please like, subscribe, and hit that bell notification so that way you can be told whenever how to actually change the world drops. My name is Darvin Wentes. And I'm Ray Pearson Ben. And uh, we were your hosts, and we hope that you have a wonderful day. God bless.